let's start what we have come into the room to do. <laughs> right on. Here goes. One, two, three. Good afternoon, Ann Arbor and all of those birds within Ann Arbor and the world. You are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, and it's time for some It's Hot in Here Radio, your environmental talk show here on WCBN. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we have with us the legendary bird geek of the millennium, 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 Taylor Forrest of the Pite Program, also the founder of the U of M Orney Society, it's short for ornithological, but sometimes yes, it's a tongue clear. twister. Thank you. Uh, so we will just refer to it as the U of M Orney Society from now on. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we are your co-hosts driving today. Yeah. Will Smith. And this is Cat Super Fisky, and we're going to hold it down for the next hour. We're going to play some awesome bird-related music. We're also going to teach you guys a little bit about how to identify your own birds. I guess they're not your birds, but... You're you know, identifying the birds. The free birds in the sky. Free birds. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about research that Taylor's been doing, all about the robin redbreast. She's pretty much smashing things out of the ballpark here, um, even just as an undergrad, getting ready to, to head out of here pretty soon. Um, so yeah, we have a lot on the plate today. Uh, so let's get excited with a little Jackson 5 rockin' robin. <laughs> Tweet, 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 rock it up. Rock, 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 rock it up. Blow, rock it, 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 rock it
OMJ. R.I.P. Tweet, tweet. It's good stuff. (laughs) R.I.P. Oh, rest in peace. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't get that Michael Jackson connection. Wasn't he amazing? I was having a conversation about him the other day. I mean, we don't need to get into that because it doesn't have anything to do with the environment. Or birds. Or birds. But you know what does? Bill McKibben. Bill McKibben. So (laughs) I have an apology to read on air to our listeners, Kat. Who's an April Fool? Just a clarification, more more or less. uh, You know, really minor, minor. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Not so minor. Dear Radio Land, here, here is my note. Everyone get your warm milk and your carpet squares. Mm. Story time. And and your forgiveness in hand, please. Exactly. So two weeks ago on our program, I announced with shock that um, big-time environmentalist Bill McKibben had left the Climate Action Hothouse, 350.org, a project that he himself has started, so you understand my shock. Um, I am mortified, but quite relieved, to report that this is actually a blatant mistruth. Um, he, he is alive and well and thriving. In fact, I think a book just came out. <laughs> and still, he still loves the, the mother nature, right? He still loves mother nature. Thank heavens. Yeah, no changes. Thank heavens and soil and rivers and Yeah. So cities. thank goodness it was a lie. It was actually posted on, um, as an April Fool's joke on grist.org. And I consulted it minutes before our last show and, um, was like, this is environmental news. Oh my God. This is groundbreaking. <laughs> big deal um you know so obviously go back to read it it was it was a really silly article and any any you know awake person would have probably noticed it was a joke well i think that that Um, just goes to show how you know how how overworked we are here but how much we love still trying to bring you the best environmental news uh even if it's you know uh haha april fool's (laughs) joke that's so funny Anyway, so, so, you know, so what I tried to do actually to make amends to our listeners is I wrote Bill McKibben a, an email and was like, hey, dude, um, you know, can you come on the show for five minutes? And, you know, so share? he's in studio with us today. <laughs> hey, Bill. Just kidding. No, he's traveling. But he did respond to my email and gave me something to read online about his um, his tenure with 350. Will you do it in, in the Bill McKibben voice? Uh, I don't know if I can. I, that that, that one sounded pretty accent? good. No. Okay. Well, here's, here's in my voice, Bill, Bill McKibben's words. He says, I'm eagerly looking forward to retirement, but only after we've brought the coal and oil industry to its knees, which I'm thinking may take a few more months. Just a few. Just a few. Or maybe weeks. He's a funny guy. And yeah. that was a funny joke. And it was a funny so joke. hopefully all of you out there in Radio Land thought it was funny too. But we just wanted to clarify that for everybody. Yeah, and send out a huge apology. I hope you know I, I already smoothed things over with my dad, who was my biggest fan. You know, so <laughs> awesome, <laughs> Dad. I hope you're still out there listening. Hopefully you didn't, you know, yeah, tune out. But that's all of our environmental news today. We're taking a, a hiatus from it, but we're going to be talking birds. All right. Tweet 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 tweet. It's about 70 degrees outside right now, so it's actually a perfect time of year to be talking about springtime and birding within that springtime. So let's just get everybody's uh, whistles a little bit wet with some bird facts. So birds are best known for their ability to fly, and they are unmatched in their command of the skies. <gasps> birds that- are actually one of the six basic groups of animals. But they're actually divided into 30 different groups, and there are over 9,865 species classified today. But you know what's really crazy? Is that evolutionary biologists still don't know the origin of birds. Taylor Forrest, do you know the, the origin of birds? Uh, I think they're dinosaurs. Is that what your research is yeah. on? Yeah, yeah, dinosaurs. Pterodactyls? I study dinosaurs. Okay. Coloration, their feathers. <laughs> coloration. <laughs> are, so are we dinosaurs, too? Is everything a dinosaur? Yeah, you okay. could say that. We're all dinosaurs. 
But bottom line, birds are super cool. And so that's why we decided to devote the entire program today to talking birds. We're tweeting about birds. Oh, we should be tweeting right now. We should be tweeting. I don't know how to do that. Anybody on Twitter? If anybody knows how to tweet, tweet about the fact that we're talking tweeties on It's Hot in Here Radio today. Anyway, what I'm really wanting to know, Taylor, is why do birds get you so geeked? Well, really, they're just cool. They're just super cool. Uh, they're dinosaurs, which I think is really cool. So how many people get to say that they study dinosaurs? Because usually people think dinosaurs are extinct. So um, that makes it pretty cool. Also, there's just a lot of... Birds are around you all the time. And um, um, you always kind of think of them as just like in the background. And you don't really realize how many... Wallpaper. S- yeah. You, know, you never really realize how many species there are and how different they are. So if you actually start watching, you realize that every little birdie that hops up on your porch is, you know, looks different, has its own little personality, does, does interesting behaviors. They're just really fascinating uh, animals to study, especially in terms of evolutionary biology and behavioral ecology. And they're super tough. Some of those birds stick around here in the winter... Man, they're they so do. tiny, yep. and they just, you know, eat their little suet and seed and somehow make it through. How, I couldn't live outside like that. Do birds survive? I mean, I know there's sort of like the idea of down feathers and the, the warmth. Yeah. Yeah, it, do they just put on the North North Face jacket? I, I mean, uh, some of them do. I've seen there. it. Yeah, the whole get up. Um, but really, um, a lot of birds actually choose to migrate south or stay here. So the American robin, one of the birds that we have here in Michigan, very common. Um, it's actually the them, Michigan State bird. It is. It is. That, how's that for a trivia fact? I like it. <laughs> I gave that one away. Um, some of them actually choose to stay here in Michigan all year round, and half of them just decide to like go on vacation to Florida. Um, so it doesn't. It's not species specific. Sometimes it is. Um, it usually is most of the time. So most species will migrate. The ones that always stay are northern car- cardinals and um, black-capped chickadees. <gasps> but some actually get to like choose so whether they want to go or stay, and then they just sometimes they sit in little nest boxes together and stay warm and uh yeah make a sauna put on their little put on their little jackets and hats <laughs> so what is it that they're sustaining off of you know in the winter when everything's frozen over and all those kind of things what are they eating that is has i guess high enough fat to then be able to keep them warm and alive uh mostly like seed reserves so like some of the trees still like pop out little seeds um berries lots of the the trees that bury in the winter so that's that's actually probably the the biggest thing is berries and fruits and then they'll uh they'll get to the summertime and switch back to seeds so hmm. it kind of it's like a yearly cycle of their diet and how it change changes throughout the year now let me ask you this about bird food uh my folks are are avid bird feeder feeding frenzy people where they have all of their bird feeders out back and one of the things that they love to do in the winter is to feed the birds and I've always kind of thought oh is that creating some sort of an odd dependency kind of like the squirrels on the diag where you know everyone's feeding them pizza and peanuts and things like that and now they've grown dependent on those kind of interesting food sources um, so my folks are you know they're they're feeding the the birds really healthy food um, but is that something that is in your eyes you know knowing a lot about birds um, something that is creating a, a sort of odd dependency that that shouldn't be happening um, I think most of the time it's okay um, they're, birds are expert foragers, so they really, if you don't put food out for them, they will find other ways to get it. They can get into the smallest little places and pull out any food 
that they can sense. So, so they're so, not going to get lazy and dumb no, over the, time evolutionarily. And No, they actually, it is it is shown though, like if you live in a very um, like desolate area mm-hmm. and you put out bird food like every day and all of a sudden you stop, the birds in your area will actually get a little stressed out. So if you start feeding them, you're supposed to keep feeding them. So consistency yeah. is the key to mm-hmm. success. I mean, they, they won't like die. They'll be okay. But it it does cause them stress though. Like when I don't put bird seed on in my porch, like every day, they'll like fly in and literally like stare at the place where I put it. <gasps> That's what okay. happens at my folks' yeah. house too. They get, they're like angry and so birds. Then, yeah. And then I see it. And then I like go out there and put some down. But yeah, they, they ring the doorbell, right? And yeah, hey. pack on the glass. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> all right, Laura Smith. Why why do birds get you all geeked up? Oh, not gosh. as much as Taylor Forrest, I'm guessing. No, not even close, and not as long of an engagement with it. But I, you know, I started dating someone last fall that's a big birder, and so I, for the first time in my life, I started paying attention to these these little creatures that surround us, and it's actually really awesome to have somebody who um who knows just a, you know who knows a lot, so that as we're going through the world, he's like, ooh, it's early for that bird. To be here and so we're watching you know the intersection of the birds with the seasonal patterns and i feel like i've just got i have privy to a whole other layer of our the world around us by being having somebody who's knowledgeable about birds the unwritten language they're there <laughs> tweet 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 I mean, that's kind of that's one part of it the other part is just how beautiful it is to bird watch because it's such a slow activity and i think that you are there's just almost a meditative mindful quality of being out bird watching that you're you're enjoying much more than just looking for birds you're just enjoying the slowness and the quietness of it yeah you're at the bird's disposal basically yeah, when you're right. bird watching that's right patience right mm-hmm. because i mean Definitely. we've gone out times where we didn't see much at all but we're like well you know we got some fresh air yep <laughs> that, is, that is a good thing i just like I birds i just Cat. like birds because they fly i i wish so much that i could have the superpower hero force of being able to you know, just spread my giant ape arms and be able to flap them fast <laughs> enough to keep me afloat. I have dreams a lot about flying. A lot. That means something. I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Are you too? Do you? Yeah. Are you like a bird when you're in flight? Or no, are you just... I'm still a person. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I'm just really envious of birds. And so I have a lot of respect for them. They're holding it down, in, on, you know, on the land and in the air. Anyway, how about we go back to another tune? Elvis Presley, a little spring fever, shall we, shall we? Let's do it. Spring fever, love is in the air. Spring is everywhere. A little bird, he told me so. He said, come on, get on the go. Open your eyes, the sky is full of butterflies. Blossoms on the trees Stirred up the honeybees Spring makes my fever rise Spring fever Spring fever Spring is here at last Spring fever My heart's beating fast There is no doubt now Love is in the air Get up, get up Spring is everywhere Well, if you feel the wanderlust the scrub a car, a hop a bus In every town there's excitement to be found So much is happening Don't miss the joy of spring The world's in love, just look around It comes to everyone It's time for fun There is no doubt now Love is in the air 
we're back and we're talking birding. That was a little spring pe- fever to get us in the mood for the fact that birds are back around here. I mean, Thanks, I guess some Elvis. of them never left since we talked about they don't all vacation to Florida. Um, but Taylor, I want to talk a little bit more about what you're currently doing in Birdland. Um, and now you gave a presentation. We were both up at the University of Michigan Biological Summer Station this summer, and you gave a presentation um, up there to the rest of the camp about some robin research that you had been doing. And I was sitting in the audience and my jaw dropped because of, of kind of the crazy stuff that you had going on with that research. So can you tell folks a little bit about what it was that you were researching and then what are some of the things that you were finding out about our Michigan state bird? Sure. So um, this summer I was in an evolution class with one of my favorite professors and we were looking for a research project for me to do that was bird related Um, But it's hard when you're an undergrad because you don't have permission to actually catch the birds. It's like a huge, big thing. You get in a lot of trouble if you do it. So we had to find a way where I could um, look at some variable. And for me, I really like coloration. So we decided to do a nice and easy project where I would look at robin red breast coloration. And I would do this using bird skins, which are dead stuffed birds that are preserved very well. You um, eat mothballs? Uh, no, actually, they like spray them oh. with stuff, so it smells pretty bad still. Um, <laughs> but not as bad as mothballs. Yeah. Good. <laughs> um, so basically, when you look in a field guide and you look at um, the differences between a male and female robin, uh, it says that the males are brighter than the females. So the red breast is brighter in the males than the females. Um, and so for this project, we, my professor and I were talking, we were like, let's just, nobody's checked this before, let's just do it, let's just, you know, so basically I knew what my result would be, it'd be like, I would measure a bunch of males, measure a bunch of females, and the measure, males... Measure them in terms of, like, coloration, so yeah, there's, like, a so, chroma scale or something yeah, like so that? Yeah, so you use the um, electromagnetic spectrum. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> we are talking bird geek land here today, right? electromagnetic. <laughs> um, you use a spectrometer, so it, it measures, it basically shoots out a little beam of light on the feathers, and then it like it records what wavelengths are being reflected okay. off of the feather. So all of like the the red reflects in the six hundred to seven hundred nanometers. This is good. <laughs> um anyway, so we measured it using that and we just you know, we I was like, I know what the results are gonna be. It's just gonna be a little like basically I was doing it to learn the technique of measuring bird coloration. And now you were doing it on a transect, weren't you? Weren't you looking at it? Across three points. Three points across the red breast. Through the, oh, okay. but but then weren't you looking at it um, spatially too in terms of like the entire stretch of Michigan? Or were you oh, just? Oh, yes, yes. Um, okay. So I was, I only measured Michigan robins. Okay. Yeah. Um, because there actually is geographical variation. So okay. like southern robins vary in coloration between like northern robins. So we didn't want to get that in there, messing up the data. Um, so then I, I came down to Ann Arbor to the Museum of Zoology and measured their bird specimens that they had there. Um, it took me one day. I measured 100 birds, uh, 50 males, 50 females. And um, I found out that, well, I ran a paired T-test if we really want to get like into the, the science of this. Um, <laughs> Can you explain to our listeners the you know mathematical statistics theories theory no, behind the pair? No, That'll be next no. show, folks. <laughs> Talking in statistics. And I don't even know what happened when I did it. I just clicked a button. <laughs> um, so I found out, actually, I was very surprised that 
the males and females did not differ in their coloration. And I measured, like, a ton of different aspects. So, like, hue, chroma, saturation, um, all the cool things that if you play with Photoshop, you can do to a picture. Yes. Yep. Um, so I measured that, and there was no difference between male and females. And this was, like, a big deal because all the field guides that have, like, they, ever yeah, existed. Yeah, they tell you yeah, that there's yep. a, differenti- a differentiation between the males and the wow. females yeah. based on coloration. So is the implication we go back with, like, a red marker and... And color the color female the breast guide. as red. Yeah, right. basically. Yeah. I, it was really satisfying <laughs> to find that. I was, like, I was like, oh, in your face, like, old ornithology. Like, things are still <laughs> happening. Everybody's like, ornithology is the dying science. And I'm like, no, it's not. Like, you're wrong. We can keep finding things out. We were wrong before. Yeah. So... I mean, to me, that's that's shattering. That's like crazy new news that needs to be spread to other people. Is that something that you then went and published? Have you been giving presentations about this, or have you been? Is it your best kept secret that's now um, right out now on it's, air? It's my best kept secret. <gasps> I guess but... I shouldn't have brought it up. Us in radio <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's okay. So um, I don't think people are very interested in studying it though, because it's not very dimensional in terms of analysis. They will be after this show because we're going to get right? them just as geeked about <laughs> birds too. That's true. So actually, this summer I'm doing another measurement i'm going to measure all the same birds i measured last year mm-hmm. um plus like 50 to 100 more to get my sample size larger because if i have a small number of birds that i'm measuring people don't take me as seriously right so i'm going to measure as many as i can and then submit it for publication not hopefully bad. yeah so we'll see if that works out i don't know if anybody will really be interested in it because it's not like behavioral i'll so. read it Thanks. You can shoot it to me. Any Do you have day. like a journal we can publish it in? Yeah, Cat or Super Fisky Journal. Yeah, I'm getting there. It's it's in the works. Right now, it's just a radio show, but <laughs> we'll we'll get a journal after that. Well, that's amazing, yeah, amazing congrats. research, and congratulations Thank for you. for doing that. You know, this early on in your career too. Um, so now that you're going to be graduating pretty soon, are you going to be starting to you know actually trap these things, these little critters, live and be able to look at them? I wish. Like, I really wish I could. Um, the thing I would have to do is find a professor who has permission to do that oh. because if I don't have like a research position as like um, an education professional, the uh, the DNR is just totally freaked out about it. So hmm. is that is that for a good reason? I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't want people to take advantage of this kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah, yeah. It's for just for the bird's purposes. safety. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not bad. Well, that's that's super fun. And um, come to find out, actually, uh, Elton John, other than Robin Redbreast, Elton John is one of your favorite, uh, you know, colorful characters on the planet as well. So we decided to throw on a little Elton John. Uh, this one is called The Cage. Ooh, nice segue. Mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> Yo! 
So, what, so Kat, we have something really exciting coming up here. Do we? Um, we're not just talking, but we're going to be listening <gasps> to birds. To some real birds. Not, no more of Kat and Laura going, cheep, 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 which we don't even know what we're doing. We thought that what would be great, since, uh, you know, birds are so great, would be to get you guys out there in listener land to understand a little bit more about how to identify birds on your own via some quick tips as well as some actual sound bites of some of the most prevalent birds here in southeast Michigan. So so Taylor, can we talk about this first? Like so what is the bird call? What does that kind of play into the experience of birding? Like how do you okay. use it? Yeah, so um the way you can identify birds by their songs and their calls. A call is more of like um it's kind of like a like an it's like an alarm clock almost. A lot of them are just like they don't really sound very like pretty. They're just kind of like chirping at each other. Usually it's a warning. There might be a predator um, or. So, so I mean, literally a communication device. Yeah. Between so, yeah. Them. yeah. Um, it's usually aggressive or like that something is there that shouldn't be there. Um, and then the songs are the ones that really individualize the bird species that you can tell the difference between them. Um, they're used mostly males sing to attract females. So, yeah, it's really cute. It sounds like that. <laughs> so, so to distinguish, there's a difference between a call and a song. Yes, there this is. This is a basic. Yep. So back down to, you know, you know, bird identification 101. When you're going out into the field, what are some of the, the things that you think about first? Is it that you, you try to identify, you know, the, the shape of the bird or the coloration or the call or, you know, what's kind of like the rundown of how a real birder would do it? Um, well, usually if I'm out birding in nature, um, I generally hear the bird first. So I hear it singing and then I try to like triangulate it, like try to find where it is. And um, another nerd word. I love yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> um, and after I kind of hear it, I just look for it and you can kind of you can kind of just like pinpoint where it is basic, you know, based on its noise that it's making. Um, and sometimes you can actually tell um so, like, I, I can identify the birds by their song, like, without seeing them. So that's, like, one of the best skills you can probably have is to just, like, go online, listen to the songs, and practice, and be able to identify them first before you see them. And then it's, like, more exciting because it's, like, a little treasure hunt. Like, you hear it, and then you're, like... You're like, I think that's this. And then you see it and it confirms it and it's just more fun. Detective work. Yep. Well, we're about, we're about to fun. get into some detective work. We're going to kick it off with the American Robin since that was, you know, what we were just talking about in terms of uh, your research this summer. So are there any other tips other than the fact that don't listen to the, the birding book guides in terms of their coloration that folks <laughs> should know before we listen to the soundbite? Um, pretty much like you want to you want to be sure that if you have your bird guide out, you want to be sure you're actually identifying birds that are in your area so a lot of times people will be like oh this looks like this like exotic bird it's a parrot yeah (laughs) but like if you look on the map it's like it doesn't exist in this part of the world even so you want to be careful about that that's probably one of the most common mistakes people make especially in terms of western eastern birds in the united states um and then like looking at a silhouette really helps too so the size of the bird they call Mm -hmm. it like sparrow size thrush size which is the size of a robin and then, like, eagle size, which is, like, giant bird. Which, so. is, which is eagle size. Yeah. Now, the way that I always think about Robins is that I, I think that it looks like it has a tuxedo on. Yeah, kind of does. Let's listen to it. Is that a call so or a what song? Are, what are we listening to This right is a now? song. So this is what a male would sing to attract a female. 
or potentially to deter another male from its territory. Oh, man. And you can hear that everywhere in Ann Arbor right now. Like it's just that. kind of a shrill, up and down melody. Get the heck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Shannon, Shannon's getting a kick out of it in the engineer booth. So can we go straight to then the cardinal clip to then hear the differentiation between that and what a northern cardinal would sound like? Yes, we can. Ooh. Okay. Very different. Wee, 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 mm-hmm. wee. Now, I've heard that it's good to be able to talk, like to be able to you talk yeah. the bird talk, you know, like the, how I was just like, wee, wee, wee. That's the most common one, that last part. I hear that You'll one hear all that, the time. Yeah. So that's a cardinal. Yep. And, and what's, what's the cardinal telling Ooh, us? Whoa, I don't usually that hear that. I don't know what peeved. that was. <laughs> that one's get off my property. Get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Um, any any helpful hints on how to identify a cardinal? I mean, they've got the big mohawk. Yeah, they do. They have a big mohawk. Even the females do. They have a big wedge-shaped beak. Yeah, because I was they, gonna say the they, beak is very yeah, distinct. Yeah, they eat like big seeds. Um, they also have a very orange beak because of their diet consists of uh, consists of a lot of like we call them carotenoids. Um, so it makes them more like red, orange in color. Uh-huh. Uh, the males are bright red. They have kind of around their beak and down the front of their throat, they have like a black badge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the females have... Uh, <laughs> There's one in the studio. <laughs> now we're just virtual birding. Uh, the females are like more brownish, but you'll see a little bit of red too. I love it. Yeah. So, and they're big. They're big birds. They're, they're a little smaller than a robin, but they have really long tails. So are they thrush size? Or are they, uh, are they sparrow, sparrow size? I would I would say they're thrush sized. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving along, we also have the black capped chickadee in studio with us today. Are you here, black capped chickadee? I think it's getting a little stage fright. Wake it up! Come on, get it out of the cage. Well, there's Pacific Northwest, Oregon, Oregon. Sorry, folks. Or- Oregon. Uh, <laughs> typical song. All right, here we go. Oh, I know this one. Yeah, I know this one, too. These are really small birds, and they're loud. Everyone together knows. Okay, wait, one more time. What is this? The black-capped chickadee. So this has a black mask on it, right? It has a a black cap. Little black black cap. Little black beret. Yes. And they're small. They're very small. So they're sparrow size. They're even smaller than sparrow size. They're they're chickadee size. Teeny tiny, yep. <gasps> yeah, chickadee dee dee dee, and that's a, is that where they get their name from? The chickadee dee dee dee. I don't know because that's, that's always what that's I. That's how you can. That's the is that called the mnemonic, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. So it's chickadee dee dee, and mm-hmm. then the other one is here, Petey. for the chickadee. Yeah, here the first one. Chickadee dee 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 dee. What about everyone's favorite sparrows? And that was a joke. That was sarcasm. I feel like yeah. no one likes sparrows. So what is the deal with sparrows? You know, is it just that they're kind of like the rat of the flying world or something? They're and... what birders call a little brown bird. LBB. What's um, that mean? Just it means that a derogatory like, term? <laughs> kind of, yeah. They're like horrific to identify because they're all just like brown and muddy colored. And if you get like a group of them. Rat, <laughs> listen to their Yeah. <laughs> So not the birds. not the nicest song. Um, these birds are actually invasive to Michigan. They're not supposed to be that. here. They're everywhere. They they just really took over the place. But you know they're what you'll see out if you put bird seed out on your porch or in a feeder. You'll see these. They're um, the little brown birds. They are. Yep. Well, that's let's go on to the next one. That one is. <gasps> what about finches? Oh, I love finches. Finches are one of my favorite birds. Favorite types of birds. 
Um, in Ann Arbor, you're likely to see house finches. So they're sparrow-sized. Uh, they have, like, brownish-gray bodies. Uh, and then the males have a little red head. So it looks like they somebody picked up picked them up by their tail and dipped them in a bucket of paint. Really? Yeah. I don't know if I've ever noticed that. Yeah, and then the females look... Um, they're actually, the oh, females are nice. hard to identify. They look like the, the sparrows a lot. They're kind of just brown. Okay. And now I'm thinking, I think the ones that are at my folks' house most often are the goldfinches. Yes. Because they're the bright yellow ones. Yep. Okay. That's what I was thinking. And I was like, a red head? What? what? I've never seen those. Wait, so is this, are we listening to the house finch right now? House finch. Yes. House, house finch. finch. <laughs> On call. God has spoken. Or, well, Shannon. <laughs> house finch. Can we, um, can we compare that to then the American goldfinch? Ooh, a little bit more chipper. Higher pitch. Higher pitch. Yes. Wow. That it's one's got coming. a flutter to it mm-hmm. So these ones are bright gold. The males are bright gold. The females are brown, again, but they're kind of like brown with a yellow tint. I was going to say they, they have greenish yeah, yellow, they have yellow hues to them. Yeah, like they, it's kind of like they got like lime on them, like lime. <laughs> they got a little bit of jaundice. Yeah. <laughs> jaundice finches. Um, and then they, the males have like, they have a black cap as well. Okay. It's a little black hat. Okay, so this is a weird question, but where's the sound coming from? From in the computer, the Laura. The, <laughs> the bird in the studio. Hello. Oh, yeah. the, in the birds. I mean, is it? Is, are we talking? Is like? Is it guttural? Yeah, is, is it throaty? Throaty? Yeah. So it... actually, um, that's a great question. I don't know too much about bird vocalization, but from what I do know, they have. Um, so like their air tubes go down from their throat, and th- they have like multiple air tubes, so they can actually make like different pitches at the same time, and it's like the vibrating of their like the air in their tubes, and they have like little like valves. It's incredible. They can make like, but they're so tiny. I know, yeah. so yeah. tiny. I'm wondering how I've gotten through life, and I just never knew that my job. It's because birds are wallpaper. Like... <laughs> they're, they're, you know, to a lot of people. Seattle, Not Portland, to us. I just put a bird on it. You know. Yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> right? have you seen that? Oh man, Jennifer Johnson actually showed me that. You know, yeah, it's I hot know. in here way back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Wow, funny, Portlandia. But put they're a bird more on than it. decoration. They are living, beautiful creatures with organ pipes and sizingness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they can make different sounds at the same time. I wish I could do that. Was there a greatest hits that we wanted to hear again? What, I was actually going to ask for the cardinal again cardinal. Hope, and hope that my mother <laughs> is listening because this is her favorite bird. For Cat's mother. Mm-hmm. For Map. The best of. It's nice. Best of birds. Best. <laughs> it's nicer to listen to than the other ones. Not so shrill. It, it's right. So we've been listening. All of these are calls, right, that we've been hearing? Songs. Or, we, or we've been listening to songs. songs. Yeah. The call yeah. is the screechy chatter to them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Excellent. The ladybirds are just going to come flying into the studio now. I know. Yeah. We need to <laughs> quick and close the windows so they don't just start slamming into them and <laughs> dropping dead. Um, but I guess that'd be fine for the sparrows since they're invasive and probably yeah. overpopulated anyway. But I don't want to have to pick up dead birds. No. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it positive today. This is a positive <laughs> show here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Let's go to another tune. Annie Lennox, Little Bird. Tweet, tweet. We're making <laughs> Shannon work hard. <laughs>
that there were power ballads for birds. There it is. Annie Lagnon Lennox's power ballad called Little Bird. Hope you hope everybody was uh, doing some Jersey Shore <laughs> fist pump into that one because oh, yeah. we were in studio. My, my little birds. All right, back to some business. We are talking birding here all day. All No, not well, really all and, day. You know, all I hour. think some of our listeners are already geeked because we've heard from a couple um, who have called into the studio during yeah, Taylor, the hour. Yeah, Taylor, so you are exciting. not alone. You are not the only bird geek. Yeah, so thanks, guys. Yeah, I have to mention listening. one that just called. Uh, Mr. Bad just called. He says he leaves his windows open all year just so he can listen to birds. Oh, That's awesome. That's nice. And his favorite bird is the chicken. The chicken. <laughs> that the chicken might be coming up in our next little bit here when we're talking bird trivia. Nice. Who knows? It might be a little hint towards you guys. Maybe you get some right answers. Um, but let's talk a little bit more about this identification and birding and all that good that good stuff. So we were listening to calls via a certain website. Are you know? Can you talk a little bit about that website? Other resources, places around here that people can, other than just their own backyard, can mm-hmm. get out into to look for birds. Yeah. So actually, where we the website we were using to listen to those songs was. Um, Cornell's Lab of Ornithology, allaboutbirds.org. Now, I heard that their Cornell kind of like has it going on mm-hmm. in terms of birds. They do. Yep, they're the experts. Um, that website's wonderful. They have um, any bird you can type in. It'll give you a, like a ton of pictures about what it looks like, its range, um, what to look for, where to look for it, its size, what it eats. Wow. Um, so is this the kind of thing if you had an iPad and you took it out, Yeah. you could just <gasps> use it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Like birding, right? Birding mm-hmm. in like a new millennia. I never. Yeah. Okay, that's really and it, funny. It's but free it, too. I mean, that's. I think it's obvious, but yeah, it's free. So. And I was tooting around on it a little bit uh, before the show because Taylor was sending me the links early and, and things to get prepared. And um, it's actually very user friendly too. It so is. you do not have to be uh, up to speed or know really anything about birds. It really is designed for the know nothing audience up to the know a lot audience. So I, I I recommend checking it out. It's a really good resource. Yeah, it's fun to just like when I'm bored sometimes I just go on there sure and do. like look around. I know. I love it. <laughs> um, they also forget have... Facebook. You're on yeah. allaboutbirds.com. <laughs> Between. Oh, they're on Facebook too, so you can you can like them on Facebook. Actually, yeah. So they have a lot of other resources for birders, especially birders just getting started out. So that's a good place to start if you are just wanting to get into birding. Um, also, they have a lot of fun events that they do. They they run the the backyard birding extravaganza. It's not called an extravaganza, but that's how I'm remembering it. Um, so they uh. They have, like, all these suggestions for you, and you can, like, actually mark, like, what birds you find in your yard and send it to them. Huh. And they do, like, a little a little bird survey. Wow. So it's really fun. There's like all over cool the nation? Stuff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And then also, if you're just getting started out, you know, pick up a pair of binoculars. They don't have to be great. Um, just, like, I think my first pair was, like, $15. They weren't that great, but they, they did the job. Um, and then a bird guide, a really good bird guide to use would be the Sibley's bird guide. Okay. And then in, if you're in Michigan, you're going to want to use the Eastern bird guide. And you're going to want to take a red pen, as as Laura mentioned, and scratch that, you know, red color over the yeah. female yeah, color in the female. as well. Yep. Now that Taylor is wait wait after Taylor has that. a higher in okay guys right. yeah don't do it yet. don't tell anybody yeah <laughs> yeah she's got she's got to yeah up that up that uh that number that she's been looking at um that's so, awesome that's good so we have websites the Sibley guide what about places use. like where yeah once you're armed with the tools where do where do you recommend going in this area um so some of the birds that we listened to were birds that you would see usually around the city of Ann Arbor. So if you live in an apartment or in a home that's close to downtown, you can just see these by looking out your window. 
Um, if you want to see some more like uh, different birds, you can go to my favorite place to go is the Leslie Science and Nature Center. Oh yeah, yeah, they have feeders everywhere, so the birds are just flying all over. They're they're pretty like used to people out there too, and they also mm-hmm. have um, rehabilitated raptors. That's right, and in, in the big yeah. cages. Mm-hmm. So you can go and spend some time with some bald eagles. With the and, eagle-sized birds. Yeah, yep, and they're really cool. Um, I used to do feeding out there. That was gross, but fun. With, like, little rats and <laughs> oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. But you can go, yeah. I think, on Saturdays. Um, anytime between, like, 3 and 6, they do public feeding, so you can go out there. Nice. And, like, watch the, watch the owls get rip, fed. Rip the flesh yeah, it's pretty cool. Rodents. And then there's all sorts of other birds flying around there. Um that's my favorite place. You said there was another place that you've um, gone to. Yeah, well, okay, so in Ann Arbor, sometimes we just walk over to the Huron River, right? So you mm-hmm. can see the waterfowl. Yeah, as I've heard well, that the Arb so. has oh, yeah, the a Arb really great gateway mm-hmm. is really good. along the river there. So those are ones if you're, you know, you can bike to, walk to if you live in Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also, um, uh, James and I have been going to McGee Marsh, which is on the southern tip of um, Lake Erie. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool, right? Because the Lake Erie is only like tw- 25 miles across um, north to south. And so birds fly over, and this is one of the first patches of woods that's right there to greet them on the other side of the lake once they've migrated over it. And so this patch of woods, there's a beautiful boardwalk that you can walk through um, and just take your binoculars and just be surrounded by all of the calls we just heard and then more. (laughs) And close to that, too, is Lake Erie Metro Park. And so I would say that the metro parks, too, have a lot of different opportunities because there's 13 different parks sprinkled around southeast Michigan. Um, I know that when I was growing up, I did a lot of birding at Kensington Metro Park because that was the closest one and one of the largest ones to me. Um, but all of the different metro parks, you know, Huron Clinton Metro, or, uh, uh, Huron Meadows and Hudson Mills are close to Ann Arbor. Um, and then again, Lake Erie is is one that has a lot of birding opportunities, which is again right on Lake Erie. Yeah. So and, I'd say those are great too. People come from all over the country, maybe the world, mm-hmm. to go to some of these southern Lake Erie um, places like McGee Marsh. Mm-hmm. And, yep. um, so it's right here. It's you know maybe an hour, hour and a half away from where we live, and so we have access to it. But it's in your backyard too, people. That's right. So just start, you know turning on your your radar to the fact that these things yeah. are not just wallpaper put some plants out on your porch put a little bird bath yeah Create oh bird, bird little baths. bird oasis yes <laughs> little little dirt pit too for them to roll around oh in the yeah dirt. they love that yeah they for sure <laughs> love that well let's go to another quick song and then come back with some bird trivia we're gonna see how Uh-oh. much you guys have learned and know about birds so let's go to a uh, little grizz in the grass baby yes baby can you dig it Chicken, 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 chicken
We can, can dig the birds, dig baby. We can dig them. And our callers out there, our, our listeners are calling in and they're digging the birds too. They yeah. are. It's excellent. This is one of the most um, participatory shows we've had in terms of having. How many calls have we call had? In? Oh my gosh! Someone else is calling in right He's now. He's on the phone, so he can't talk to we us. We are not. We are not joking here, <laughs> folks. This is no April Fool's Bill McKibben joke. <laughs> this is real. This is real. People are geeked about birds. We're gonna have to do another segment. Something I mean, about you know, birds. Some, yeah, birding More. level two. Maybe we'll do turtles <laughs> next time. Maybe people are. We, we, you never know. People I, might be real into turtles. That's true. Yep. Anyway, uh, let's get off so, to some uh, bird trivia. I want to see how much you you ladies in studio and everybody out there also knows about some birds. Um, question number one. Get your thinking caps on. What is the age of the oldest recorded bird? Ooh, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Just throw out a number. Take a guess. Uh, recorded by humans. Bird. Yeah, is it recorded by humans? Yes, it was recorded by humans. No, it was recorded by birds. <laughs> right. I so. In their own records. Good question, <laughs> ladies. Um, oh gosh. Um, Come on, five, fifty, five hundred? Uh, what are you thinking? I, I was thinking thousands of Oh yeah, me too. Years. No, like one bird. One like, it, you think it can really live a thousand years? Oh, the longest. Yeah, oh. like one bird. I'm going to go with, like, with around 80. What? All right, Lolo, what's yours? Um, Gosh, I don't know. Price uh, is right. Uh, 60. Um, eh, To both. 104. Oh, it was actually a parrot owned by Winston Churchill. Yeah, what? they can live a long time. Parrots? Super long time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now here is, you know, maybe what I was hinting towards before, a little foreshadowing. Question number two, what is the most common bird on the planet? Well, I'm guessing it's a chicken cat. Yes! Ding, 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 ding. Taylor was like, I have no idea. I should know this. It's a chicken. <laughs> All right. Uh, question People number are three. eating it right now as they have their lunch breaks. Right? All right. Mm. <laughs> chicken teriyaki. All right. Question number three. Why do birds fly in a formation? Mm. It's uh, easier flight, right? And easier in terms of what? Uh, they have to expend less energy. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, Taylor Forrest, bird expert of the millennia. <laughs> oh, I was going to say aesthetic value for humans. Question no. number, okay. well, that too. Okay. Question number, what are we on? Four, do all birds lay eggs? True or false? Or wait, no, that's not a true or false. That's a yes or no. All birds lay eggs, true or false? <laughs> uh, yes. True. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. Wow, you are just ripping it up. Um, let's see. Oh, what was the most number of yolks found in a chicken egg? Four. Lolo? Six. I'm going, I'm going up this time. Shannon? Ten. <gasps> You're the closest, but you went over. Oh. Nine. <laughs> Nine. Price oh is right. Rules, everyone loses. Um, <laughs> all right. Another question. Question number five, I think. Uh, question B. How many miles per hour can a falcon swoop? Over 100. Really? Over 200. Are you on the Google Doc, Shannon? No. He's on the it is the fastest it is. of all like creatures. It's faster than a cheetah. It's it's it I don't is know two hundred miles per hour. Oh what? wow! Isn't that cray cray? Shannon's Stealth looking really bomb. proud of himself right now. Yeah. I know he's got it. He's he's got my document open. No, um, I don't. Yeah, right. Okay, what is the largest bird? Fill in the blank. The largest bird is uh, ostrich. Yes. Ding 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 ding. No, not the flamingo. <laughs> Tallest. Um, another another fib. Fill in the blank. The shape of a bird's beak directly corresponds to its. Diet. <gasps> yes, Taylor Forrest. Okay, Girl, you're you're, you're sitting fast. out of this one. Oh wait, no, actually this is a good one for um for both of you guys. All right, fill in the blank. A bird okay, this is a two blanker though. A bird's heart beats blank times per minute while resting up to blank beats per minute while flying. So you just gotta give me two numbers. Just pick two numbers. One, a bird's heart beats blank times per minute. So give me that one first. Mm, 100 and 
80. Eh, higher. 200. Eh, and higher. 20. Shannon? <laughs> 400. Ah, you got it! Oh, he's so good. <laughs> he's so cheating. All right. Uh, and then while resting up to blank beats per minute while flying. Oh, that's resting. resting. No, no, the other it one was re- resting. Hold on, this is a two part. Five hundred. Now, how many how many beats per minute when flying? Oh, so it's higher now. And it's higher flying. than that. Oh wow, one thousand. Yes. Wait, you got it. Really? Yeah. Oh, Hold wow. on. Berkey <laughs> rubbing off on you. Me. All right, just a few more left, ladies and gentlemen. Sit tight. Put on those thinking caps. True or false? A bird's feathers weigh more than its bones. Yes. Yeah. That's not a yes or no. Remember, true. True. Or true. False. <laughs> Remember. I'm going to agree. I would fail I the agree. exam. Thumbs up. <laughs> yes. A bird's feathers do weigh more than its bones. Crazy. Oh, who because knew? the bones are hollow, right? And that's how they fly? Yeah. Are all birds' um, bones hollow? Well, okay. So they're like hollow and they have like web kind of. They're like, there's like air sacs in the bones. Ew. So creepy. Yeah. Next question. Sacks. True or false? All birds can fly. False. False. So which birds don't fly? Chickens. Chickens fly? No, they don't. Yeah, they do. They kind no. of. All right, what mm-hmm. else doesn't fly? Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, ostriches don't fly, do they? Ostriches no. don't. And what's another one? Emu. I don't know about that, oh, but yeah, I don't yeah. think emus fly. Yeah. No, That's they don't. True. Um, my two favorite dodos and penguins. You just like dodos because of the name. I know. <laughs> I feel like I'm one with the dodo. There, All right, last. There aren't any more dodos, I thought. But they didn't fly when they were around. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, right. So we need to still educate people about that. Bonus question, Shannon. That was good. Um. All right, and here's the the last final question. True or false? Birds do not have teeth. False. Ooh, I was going to say true. Birds have teeth? Yeah. They have like a structure similar to teeth, don't they? Can I don't you know. call them teeth? I don't know. You're the one with the like spreadsheet cat. <laughs> I know my spreadsheet says that it's true that birds do not have the teeth. teeth. Yeah. Huh. But I don't know what kind of website I was no, on. No, they have something. They've I got, got bit one something. time <laughs> by a, a goose. Beak. Yeah, I got bit by a goose. Oh, you're right. But they yeah. do have like little nubbins in yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, folks, I ended on a bad one. Back I'm sorry. Yeah. We gotta, you know what? But that's a good opportunity for everyone out there in listener land to go and research that one on your own and that's figure right. out uh, if birds do or do not have teeth. We'll probably have so that's, a, that's a cliffhanger, us, you know, in yeah. the next couple of minutes. So. Sp- speaking of callers, we have to say we had a lot of calls this hour. Thanks, everyone, for calling. We did. So. That was awesome. I'm, I'm glad you. to hear that everyone's as geeked as we are about birds. We, um, ha- we had a request, actually, to hear a bird. It was from Janet from L.A. Called. Oh, yeah? What bird is it? The chicken? She wanted to hear the Baltimore Oriole. Ooh, oh, yeah. That's a nice mm. one. Do we actually have a Baltimore Oriole in the studio? In theory. <laughs> right. Corn- okay. Cornell is Should we talk right amongst now, ourselves? <laughs> yes. Keep, keep going. Here, can we mention? Oh, this? The, this wait. What a... about the Ornithological Society? Oh yeah. You of um, You started it. Yeah. So I started in two minutes or less. Okay. Um, I started a student ornithological society. If you'd like to find out more about it, you can visit us at michiganbirds.tumblr. Again, that's michiganbirds.tumblr.com. I actually put a lot of like helpful birding tips up there just because I get bored. So check it out, folks. Yeah. Um, can I mention this? Yes. This is, okay. So one of our callers called in and reminded us that ornithologists don't recommend taking your iPad out into the field. Um, so when I do this, I use my headphones on my iPod. Yes, please, to, people. Yes. Otherwise, yourselves. it will like freak out the birds. They'll think you're another bird. <laughs> yeah. It's really stressful for them. So uh, if you're going to listen to bird calls and bird songs out in nature, use your headphones. What about the idea of then calling them to you? Is that the Oriole? Oh, nice. Let's just enjoy. Hello. Oh, that was it. That was <laughs> that was short lived. Maybe they're not that. Uh... 
Now, why is it called the Baltimore Oriole if we have them in Michigan, too? Why is it not called the Detroit uh, Oriole? I don't know. Maybe it Ann was, Arbor like, Oriole? first discovered in Baltimore. Maybe. We should look into, look into that, too, listener land, and let us know. Taylor, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thank and you so much for having me. And, and gracing us with your Bird Geek Millennium presence <laughs> it in was the studio. Fun. I would like to just make a comment here. I, You know, so many birders that I've met or heard about are old white dudes. And you are young, adorable, undergraduate at University of Michigan. You are blowing my mind about oh, what a birder you. is. And about Robin Redbreast. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and about can't wait research. To, can't wait yeah. to get that paper published in my journal whenever I start that journal. We'll, we'll be in touch. You'll be the first to know. Thank you. Um... Shannon, thanks for coming in and doing all the engineering. We had you going crazy back and forth on the boards today. So you did a remarkable job. Lolo, I'm glad you could be here. I'm glad yeah, I could be here. We're both got... hanging in strong. Uh, and again, is, thank you to all the callers. Radio, and thank you. WCBN, FM Ann Arbor. Let's go out on a little Leonard Skinner, Freebird. Bird. <laughs>